Oh, hello and welcome to Pláticas with Tia Hermana, the show where we dive into a wide range of topics with Mujeres Poderosas. I'm your host, HAU, the UCLA's historian for the 2021 to 2022 academic year, Marisol Hassel. Um, happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to season two. Um, today we'll be discussing being first gen in the workplace, how HAU helps or has helped us become better adults, and some do's or don'ts with resumes and interviews. Also, I wanted to let y'all know to make sure to stick around if you want to receive an academic hour for tuning into this episode. Um, there'll be a password drop during the podcast that you will write in a Google form that our academic chair, Leslie Soto, will send out to y'all. Um, so our guest today is Carla Aparacio, one of our amazing alumni and my HEU mentor. So hi, Carla. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Could you please introduce yourself a bit uh, for our audience today? Yeah, of course. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. I honestly was, I kept telling everyone I knew, I was like, I'm going to be on the Hermanas podcast, like you should check it out. And even people who are not Hermanas too. Um, so I was like super excited and very, very happy that um, that we're able to do this and to just be able to talk with you. Um, so my name is Carla Aparicio. I am a uh, alumni, um, graduated in 2020. So the pandemic class, which is really awesome, um, <laughs> but also at least I try to be it in a cool way. Um, I graduated uh, from, of course, UCLA with a degree in political science and a minor in education. Um, and now I work in public affairs and public relations and communications work, which is really exciting and not really a, a path that I at first saw myself going going into. And, and I'm more than happy to like delve deeper into that. But um, I'm still involved with Hermanas um, in my own way. And I, again, just love being in the space. I think it's it's almost addicting like to be in a space <laughs> like this. It's, it's fun and you get to be yourself. And I think as I have been navigating like my adult life, um, I just love coming back here and still living in that um, very like generous um, and very I don't know, welcoming environment. So mm -hmm. that's why it's so addicting. <laughs> <laughs> And did you say where you were from, Carla? Oh, okay. No, no, I did not. So I <laughs> am from Lima, Peru. That is that is part, very much part of my background and my history. Um, so I, I was born there um, and I immigrated to the U.S. when I was quite young. And I've mm -hmm. grown up in the Central Valley of California. So Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. Is where I grew up. It's where I have a lot of my roots, and I mm -hmm. still uh, continue to represent it in each and any part of my way. But I've lived in other places too, like of course LA because I've been a student there, but mm -hmm. um, other places and and just I don't know. I'm very very California, but not born and raised here. Just raised, <laughs> just raised. Just raised. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thank you so much, Carla, for introducing yourself. And yeah, I would just. I would just like to mention that Carla is like an amazing alumni. She's always at all of the events. Um, you always see her face there because <laughs> it's so yeah. addictive for her, like she said. Um, so thank you so much for that. And now we can kind of go on to our little icebreaker that I've asked like every guest. And um, it's just two simple questions. So the first one is, what was your first impression of Hermanas and why did you decide to join? And number two, if you saw the Palatero outside right now, I know it's already dark outside because um, we're recording this at 6 p.m. Um, but if you saw Palatero outside right now, what would you buy? Uh, and I answer both. Mm -hmm. um, so, Hermanas, when I first 
I was like one of those weird freshmen that um that like researched everything that I mm-hmm. I like googled everything I I lurked online and I knew of hermanas the summer before I I entered my freshman year but I never had the courage to really go out there and it wasn't until um just like a few folks also went to hermanas meetings and and I was brought along too and at first I was like okay hold up Everyone here is way too cool. Like I mean, <laughs> not way too cool, but they were like I was like they're cool. They're cool people and mm-hmm. I am not part of that group. And I I actually like convinced myself I was like I'm not I cannot I'm not cool enough. I can't be a part of this group. I'm like very shy. I don't talk to folks and um mm-hmm. it was just a, like a huge insecurity of mine, but um you know, the again, the welcoming space and people willing to really outreach to um those i guess even first years first year transfers um mm-hmm. who are having a hard time uh at UCLA and adjusting to like a university setting it was because of those people that i had the courage to go back and and mm. yeah that was my first impression and for mm-hmm. the paletero oh no elotero or paletero uh i said paletero <laughs> but either or <laughs> ah paletero okay so um i love paletas de nuez the um mm-hmm. like the ice cream of of um like pecans or mm-hmm. like walnuts or something it's so weird but i love like the creaminess of it mm-hmm. um and then whenever they include like the little nuez uh, nueces in the in the bottom it's yeah. always like hidden treat i always like <laughs> I, i always act surprised i'm like oh my gosh there's like actual <laughs> peanuts here um and so i love that's my go to for sure at any paletero station in bakersfield and i don't know mm-hmm. if anyone here is listening Mm-hmm. who is from Bakersfield but there is a paletero called like de la la rosa la rosa paleta mm-hmm. and um oh my gosh it's like it's like Beyonce of Bakersfield <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce for the Bakersfield Latinos we all know Stop. the paletas de la rosa <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> i know i feel like my mom and my sister are both like nut lovers too especially like nuez um or coco i feel like they're always like going towards those and yeah the, the creaminess is really good so i think that's a really good one um okay so thank you for answering those and then before we actually dive into like talking about what carlos can uh, talk about today i want to give her some time to kind of give us a little rundown of what she did in edmonds because i know she had a position on steering um so if you could do that for us yeah um So I was very active in Hermanas um while I was in my second and third year. And of course like naturally as a senior and as a fourth year you start getting other opportunities. So I wasn't mm-hmm. as active as I wanted to be. But mm-hmm. my third year at UCLA um I uh I was the community service chair, which mm-hmm. um remains to this day one of the best experiences I've, I've ever had. Mm-hmm. ever um and i continue talking about it in interviews in in um when people like ask me about my experiences what not like it's it's a it's definitely a huge highlight mm-hmm. um and for um uh i uh, once i graduated from hermanas there um there were opportunities there as an alumni to be quite involved um mm-hmm. as a chapter representative so that's what i currently mm-hmm. am as well 
Um, I'm a chapter representative, meaning that you help and you coach in your own way the different chapters and their coaches and their leadership. Mm-hmm. So um, I am that role for UC Berkeley, for mm-hmm. CSU Northridge and CSU Fullerton, which are, it's an amazing experience too. And all of those coaches that I that I work regularly with, I absolutely admire and I think that they're so much cooler than me and I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why I like give them advice every time I'm like y'all got it y'all got it but um so I, I continue being involved there and then lastly I um for the past two years I've been involved in the uh Hermanas Unidas conference committee so helping mm-hmm. plan conference helping understand what is the need what is the theme like what do we need to talk about as an organization statewide so mm-hmm. that it's neat and that's something that I continue wanting to be I think for like the foreseeable future that's definitely in my 10-year plan <laughs> to continue <laughs> I love I love event planning and anyone who knows mm-hmm. me knows that I love event planning I will plan your wedding I will plan your first your dog's first birthday party <laughs> whatever I just love event planning so much so much fun so y'all heard it here first Carla's gonna plan y'all's weddings <laughs> <laughs> that's also an inside joke for those who are cheering with me they they would always um t- talk about the health and education conference when oh, i was yeah. a community service chair they were like oh that's gonna be your wedding because i took it so seriously um <laughs> as you should as you should it's such an yeah. important conference but they were like that's gonna be your wedding that's your wedding but yeah i'll, pl- I'll plan anything <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now that we finished kind of doing like a little intro and getting to know Carla a little bit more, now we're going to transition to talking about being first gen in the workplace, how HAU has helped us become better adults, and some do's or don'ts with resumes and interviews. So we're going to start off with talking about being first gen in the workplace and or in school. Um, I asked Carla a couple of questions to kind of like brainstorm, but she's kind of going to take on the conversation um, by herself. So I kind of asked her, like, what was her first job or maybe some emotions or thoughts she felt while being in that space physically, Um, kind of talking about her parents and how those those close to her kind of emphasize working hard or doing the best that that she could do. Um, some other questions were kind of talking about what she's doing, what she's doing now in the workplace, and some difficulties she has encountered. And lastly, how like being first gen in the workplace has affected her, or somehow has affected her mental health or work ethic. And lastly, just some lessons she has learned while being like in the professional world as a first gen. So, Carla, you can start off the conversation and kind of just answer whatever questions um, you could, that kind of like stood up to you. Yeah, no, of course. And um, I think that, again, this is a big learning process, I think, for anyone um, who is just starting out their career, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Myself being two years into my role, um, Mm -hmm. I am still continuing to learn. But again, everything is so fresh in my head. So I'm super Mm -hmm. happy and glad that we're able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, work in public relations and communications. Um, it, it kind of centers my role. It it talks, I guess it revolves a lot around policy, legislature, um, mm-hmm. new, new happenings in the world and how mm-hmm. um, we can get the word out for different, I don't know, I guess, initiatives, events, projects. And what I found and like, I, I think just as a background, um, mm-hmm. These past year and a half of COVID, that's been my main focus. Um, not mm-hmm. only as a person myself, but that's 
it's of course it's always important to get the word out for what is happening new in the covid in like our covid world um mm-hmm. if we're having a surge if people need to get vaccinated how do we promote all of these issues and um thankfully i was able to use a lot of my background and my knowledge and and my ability to really communicate in both languages mm-hmm. um to discuss the different efforts um so that you know we're all we all stay safe and so that has been a really neat need experience and i think being first gen um at first was very very scary i mm-hmm. i think i was i was mentioning this to um some colleagues a while ago that when i first entered into my role all of my knowledge of the professional world of how to talk how to how to talk to your boss how to talk to your colleagues was everything i knew from film everything i knew from movies from shows you know like parks and rec mm-hmm. taught me so much about it was and was literally my only exposure to yeah. how um how colleagues talk amongst themselves of course mm. it's like a kind of a bad example cuz they they like you know messed around right yeah but um but it just goes to show that i think as first generation students mm-hmm. and then later professionals you take from what you are exposed to and unfortunately mm-hmm. a lot of us and the whole definition of first gen is that we don't have the resources at home to really help mm-hmm. us um perhaps even know those nuances to advance ourselves in our career you know i think we've all back then it used to be like look your boss or look the interviewer in the eye and give him a firm mm-hmm. handshake and there you have you have mm-hmm. a job but mm-hmm. now the world is so much more complicated and nuanced and depending on what industry you even want to go into um you you have to have different sets of skills or even different sets of background or knowledge mm-hmm. to even be welcomed into that space and so mm-hmm. um for myself it was like i know that i have to work hard i know that i have to be my best that's what my mom always told me yeah but the gap there is that we both didn't know exactly what that meant like we both didn't know what was step 1 2 and 3 it was just that we had to be the best that we could be so that we could ensure literally our survival in this country and as a first generation immigrant and a first generation student mm-hmm. um being first in my family to graduate from an american university it it um really put me in the forefront of having this a massive responsibility to ensure that that my family had sort of some sort of future in this country mm-hmm. and i think it's so relevant cuz i was watching encanto <laughs> watching encanto <laughs> the other day y'all when lisa started singing and she was like the pressure and you know it's just as an older sister too which is what mm-hmm. i am like i was like this is like first gen written all over it Um, yeah because we not only have on our backs like our own future but in a way it's the future of our parents that we mm-hmm. hope to go back to and our siblings mm-hmm. and any other future descendants that come down um but yeah. so with all of that i just didn't know literally where to start like i didn't know where to um where to uh i guess like what was a good place to look for a job and mm-hmm. um what helped me the most though was being open about that and being open that being open to myself that i didn't know everything and for someone like me and i guess someone i use la you have a lot of valedictorians you have a lot of you have a lot of salutatorians you have a lot of smart people and sometimes <laughs> when we figure out that you don't know everything um it kind of is like a shock 
but of course he's just it's just natural you're not gonna know everything and um, the game changer here was when I was able to voice out my opinions uh no not sorry not my opinions but my concerns and my issues and really talking to folks about it and being like look I want to do this this and this and I just don't know where um Mm -hmm. and thankfully I was through hermanas I was put in spaces where I could talk about my concerns with other alumni or with or with people who were once in my shoes and it's very different now when that if you can like I guess not not rant but professionally rant (laughs) and have people pick up on what you need um because it's a form of you asking for help and Mm -hmm. um I think also as first generation people students slash immigrants um it's hard for us to ask for help because one, we don't even know what we're asking, and two, we don't want to seem as if we don't, uh, that we don't, I guess we don't belong, or we don't, we're, we're outsiders, or anything like that, that's something that I always thought, too, growing up, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was a game changer when I was just able to ask for help, and email someone and say, I love what you're doing, and how do I get there? Mm-hmm. and tell me what is step one two and three and I'll do it but yeah. I just need to know um I need to have some sort of path that that um that I could easily follow right mm-hmm. um so I guess that was it in a, in a nutshell that's been my biggest uh hurdle overcoming mm-hmm. but in my professional life it's also that coupled with standing up for yourself being a mm-hmm. woman of being a woman in in the workforce and also being a woman of color being a um, bilingual speaker or even at times um my because I, I learned english as a second language even that mm-hmm. sometimes is a hurdle that i would have never thought because i was like wait what like i took i did english at ucla like what do you mean i, I can write an essay <laughs> but there's still mm-hmm. some nuances where i'm just like my accent comes out or um or i mispronounce something and, mm-hmm. and um i always get scared that that people will think oh this person is just is just like an outsider um but I think there's also beauty in that too is that yeah as a first generation person or professional in a way yeah you are an outsider but that is so powerful that you are the first in your family to do so and you can use that to your advantage so many times um, you can use the fact that, you know, you come from diverse backgrounds in in many industries, but of course, in the industry that I know of and the, the one that I'm in, understanding the communities here in California has been a game changer, I think, for myself and my, and my career. Um, and I'm able to always, always, always go back to something from my past, or from my background, and use it to make either the spaces that I'm in richer or make the projects, the, the, the work that I am actually doing mm-hmm. much more nuanced because it's no longer a black and white. It's a colorful, um, it's a colorful piece of work because you have diversity right there. Um, so I don't know, I guess that is also too, um, yeah. And then I know you talked a lot about like emotions, thoughts, 
and like some difficulties you went through while being like in the workplace as first gen. But can you talk a little bit about maybe your mental health and how like maybe it was affected being first gen in the workplace or your work, even like your work ethic, if you can like touch upon that for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'll get, I'll, I'll touch upon work ethic quickly is that um, <laughs> even like, even knowing the, I guess we all know the basics of Google Drive and Microsoft mm-hmm. Office and Suite, but um, when it came down to like actually going deeper into my role and doing things outside of my, I guess, like what was listed in my job description, mm-hmm. um, I was so scared and I had to Google so many things. I had to Google mm-hmm. like, wait, how? how do you respond to your boss when you want to ask for time off? You know, and <laughs> you know what? And that's so normal. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, like so many people Google things and Google's going to be your best friend. And, mm-hmm. uh, or you can also have maybe as time goes on, you can have other people that you can go to and be like, I know this is a silly question, but how do you blink, blink and blink? It could be how yeah. you ask for a raise. How do you ask for a promotion? Um, and with time you build confidence but if you're starting out and you're just googling random things that's completely fine let me tell you um so so that um in my work ethic I think it's just it's a big learning curve but Mm -hmm. there are resources there and and the the number one step is for you to understand what resources do you have to go to um and it nothing is silly and nothing is out of the box you just have to be creative and and really understand how do you get how can you connect the point A to point B um, in what you want to do, right? Um, and then for my mental health, it was, well, I guess my entering into the workforce has been, it has been, yes, tough. And mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure if that is me being because of my, because I am first gen or because we are also in the middle of a pandemic and it's hard mm-hmm. on everyone. But um, there's a lot of, feelings of course of what we always talk about um in in school is the imposter syndrome of feeling that you maybe are not good enough or like why did they hire you and things like that but mm-hmm. um what has helped me is when I just voice it out loud and and thankfully I work remotely so I'm not just like the <laughs> random weird girl in her desk voicing out all, <laughs> all her like um I don't know, like self-esteem issues, but I will voice it out loud and I'll be like, I am frustrated because I don't know how to talk to blank or I don't know how to do this or I feel like I failed at this task or something like that. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to actually most of the time you're going to be very hard on yourself and but the, the best thing that I learned how to do is just get it out of my system and then start from scratch again, start over. Um, I've gotten very used to failure. I've gotten very used to, um, I, I guess, I don't know, negative feedback. And that's mm-hmm. not because I don't think of myself as a negative or as a bad employee or anything, but because mm-hmm. that's just part of the day-to-day. You're going to be given feedback you're gonna be given you're gonna be told things that maybe you don't want to hear um and I hope that it's being said in of course of a professional manner but Mm -hmm. you learn to grow and you learn that people just quickly if they fall back if they make a mistake they quickly get up and they get back up and they continue going um 
and I'll say something quickly on that is that um, I was attending an hermanas event a couple weeks ago uh, if anything a couple months ago now at this point and um, I was talking to some undergraduates and they um, they expressed to me that they were like I don't know what 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 job I want to do I just don't know what I want to do and I'm scared to go into a job and then fail at it or, or hate it and I have to change courses into another industry or something and they were like I'm so scared of that I genuinely am I would hate to do that and I I understand that fear and I, that was a similar fear that I had but I think what has helped me learn through this pandemic as well is seeing how many people in the in, in, in different industries are just changing some to do something what they actually want to do or change to do something that maybe they didn't think they could do 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. so it's i think it's just to show that change is natural too and if you fail at something if you realize that you don't like something that's not a waste of time that's not on you or anything um it's just you learning what you what you want to do and what you want to dedicate your life to um and i think um there was a person that I was talking to a couple a couple weeks ago too and they were like 15 years into their career and they were suddenly like leaving their job and mm-hmm. I asked them like why you know you're mm-hmm. so many years in this role and in this industry and stuff mm-hmm. and they mentioned to me because I want to know what I want to do when I grow up and I was oh. like okay this <laughs> is a person who is you know um very are into their mm-hmm. I guess professional life but they are still r- trying to reach something that mm-hmm. they want better for themselves or they mm-hmm. want to actually like learn and I think as as a first gen student it hit me a lot that you're always going to be learning you're always going to be growing and you're going to maybe want to change something in a couple years from now and I really hope that when that happens and also to me when uh, whenever that happens for myself if I suddenly want to pivot somewhere I mm-hmm. hope I don't see it as a failure because mm-hmm. every experience you have, it's like you're dating. <laughs> every experience, <laughs> even if you break up, you learn something about yourself, right? Um, so, so I don't know that all of that is just a change is good, change is natural, mm-hmm. failing is natural, and asking for help and not knowing how to do something is also natural. So I, you can't be hard on yourself. That's that's my two years like wrapped into one statement (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you so much for talking about that I feel like especially as first gen or like Latinas or um essentially just like women of color um yeah we're trying to break barriers but at the same time many people don't talk about like the difficulties or the challenges or the emotions that one feels so thank you so much for like talking about that and like giving those like tips to um the hermanas are listening to this right now and um so now we can try talking about um the power of HEU in the workplace how being an adult or essentially in the professional world um how it has shaped that so can you talk a little bit about that and maybe some like essential skills or experience that kind of sparked like an aha moment like HEU helped me prepare for this specifically or helped me um go down this path or stuff like that Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, HAU is so prevalent, especially if you are a professional and you stay to work in California and you are involved in policy or, or just involved in any sort of like community-based 
work. Mm -hmm. um, hermanas can be found everywhere. And it surprised me so much that even even if they're not hermanas, if you meet any Latino who graduated from a UCCSU system, more mm -hmm. than likely they know who what hermanas, who they are and what they stand for. Um, and essentially what I learned out of Hermanas Unidas is that, and that I think I, I hope to employ in some way um, in the future, in my future roles and how I look at teamwork and stuff is, it's so important to have a space that is welcoming. Um, mm -hmm. I think something that is radical about, um, I guess radical, about, um, about <laughs> new generations who are entering into the workforce is that they don't want to They don't want to suffer at work. They don't want to mm -hmm. have a bad work workplace setting, right? You want to have, not necessarily fun, but you want to have a space where you can grow creatively or professionally and mm -hmm. have the support system there, right? And I think, I feel like anyone who would ex who would have explained that to like, let's say a 1950s Caucasian 50-year-old man, they would be like, what? Like, what is this? Because work <laughs> is supposed to be hard and, yeah. you know, and all of that. But um, so... Hermanas is involved in that way that you know what it's like to be in a supportive environment where people mm -hmm. are constantly cheering for you, where they they want to see you succeed. They want to see you uh, get the tools that you need. And sometimes, you know, Hermanas, we can't provide that for ourselves like to a T. We can't provide that 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we just have to outreach to other people and be like, okay, you come talk to us about financial literacy or like you yeah. because you know our experts are not going to be amongst us right mm -hmm. um but i think that that environment is something that i strive to also create where whenever whatever space i'm in if it's professional or if it's outside of work mm -hmm. it's i know how good it is inside and so i want to make those spaces for other people too so that's really neat and then another thing that hermanas uh helped me learn is how to work in a team Um, I was on steering for one year and I know so many other hermanas probably have two to three years of experience there but mm -hmm. in that one year that I was on steering I learned so much about what it's like to work with 12 other people work mm -hmm. in a team or also work by yourself mm -hmm. um, how to communicate your concerns how to communicate your um, your feelings on something and you know sometimes you disagree and it's funny because steering in hermanas um which is like the governing board for anyone who, who is new, who might be listening, mm -hmm. um, is like the governing, governing system at each chapter. You're, sometimes you're with your closest friends too in steering and sometimes like you have such a great like vibe, you know, working and then it gets like very different when you suddenly disagree on something. But mm -hmm. because you have that welcoming in space, it's so easy for you and for everyone to learn simultaneously on how do you work professionally and also disagree with everyone but you all know that you have the same goal in making it the best that it could be it could be an event it could be big and little reveal whatever but you all want to make it the best you could be so you're open to listening to criticism and you're open to listening to feedback even if it's negative Um, and you know what? I learned that when I was in community service chair, when people would say negative things about my events, I mean, <laughs> negative in a growth way, right? Yeah. Like in a, in a positive way, mm -hmm. I would be like, you know what? Like, okay, that's fine. That's, I mean, that's fine, but I get it. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll try to use that in my, uh, in my other events. Mm 
and it hurts mm-hmm. sometimes but mm-hmm. I will never trade the space where I could have learned that in such a positive environment mm-hmm. I would yeah. rather learn it a hundred times here than yeah. learn it in another internship where they would have like made me cry 500 definitely times, right? mm-hmm. yeah exactly so so that I will forever remember um and again just knowing that we have such a growing alumni body um of like of hermanas and they're all doing amazing things even if they're mm-hmm. a year out even if they're six months out they're already doing amazing things because mm-hmm. they have learned how to use that community building um and put it in whatever space that they want to be so i've met uh, the most amazing people through hermanas and continuously uh meet new people like just even if i want to even if i don't <laughs> if i'm not like ready to meet new hermana alumni um either introduce myself to them or they introduce myself themselves to me mm-hmm. uh, it's great i i love it yeah Um, I feel like I agree with a lot of the stuff that you mentioned, especially on the trying to get like positive feed, get, getting the feedback in like a positive environment compared to somewhere else. Because like, yeah. like how you said, these are your hermanas, so you feel more comfortable and you're like, okay, they want to see me grow. But if you were to get another place, like you, you said, cry 500 times. And I was like, yep, yeah, I felt that. I was like, I definitely mm-hmm. felt that. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I just kind of want to stop here for a little bit and just um, if y'all made it this far... <laughs> Uh, thank you. And um, the password that y'all are going to enter into the Google form to receive an academic hour is first gen tips, first gen tips. So just put that into the Google form that Leslie sent out to us and you'll receive your academic hour. So we're going to continue on to our last topic. Um, I can't believe we're already here. It went by so fast. But um, our last topic, we're going to be talking about some do's and don'ts with resumes and interviews. So I just asked Carla to think about some do's and don'ts with both resumes and interviews so she can um, give some last pointers um, to y'all that are maybe looking to or applying to a job or an internship or et cetera, where they're going to look over your resume and interview. So if you could do that for us right now, Carla. Yeah, of course. Um, so I was helping to, well, I currently am helping mm-hmm. the internship program at my uh, company. And it's been amazing to see it from this end. You know, I'm very used to applying, but not mm-hmm. as used to looking over these resumes and, and interviewing folks. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot through there. And, and what I what I took out of that is that, or at least for resumes, um, do cater your resume to each job description you should be using those key terms that are being outlined in the job description like don't if they're going to talk about learn how to uh make social media posts don't talk about your um like math course or something you know if it's not relevant um yeah i think you know they, there's places where you can definitely like edit your resume right to make it more relevant mm-hmm. another thing is um we all we all love to make our resumes you know very nice and neat and which is good but sometimes we go overboard on the graphics mm-hmm. um if you this may be controversial and this may just be <laughs> me but if you are not going into a creative field where you are going to are applying to be a graphic designer of some mm-hmm. sort um i think it's better safer to use those black and white mm-hmm. I, i would say boring i would say boring formats just mm-hmm. because you are safer than sorry sometimes i've seen people just get really annoyed at all the graphics and the the colors and 
and maybe it prints out weird and they're just like no, sorry i can't read it oh. um the especially when it goes into colors like if you're gonna mm -hmm. have a title in yellow and the background is white that's not very accessible also to mm -hmm. folks who may have different you know um different like visibility um mm -hmm. abilities right mm -hmm. uh then another thing mm -hmm. is please recheck your format please make sure that there's no weird spacing there's no ex extra bullet points there's no weird sentences um and the spacing spacing especially is very important because uh maybe you might work on it as a google doc and then you save as a pdf and you send it when you convert it to a pdf it changes the format a little bit so recheck <laughs> that final edit and um because it will look that way and honestly i've seen some resumes where they look great but the format is wrong the the bullets are wrong um <laughs> there's no everything is italicized and you can't read anything and it just makes it really hard and sometimes when you're when you're pressed for time and you need to look at a lot of interviews you, it's hard for you to give that a second glance and make it um, open for people to resubmit or something. So again, just recheck and re-edit everything. Um, and then for interviews, oh, did I just say like don'ts? <laughs> and I didn't even go over like do's. I'll say do's um, for resumes is, like as I kind of covered on both, but mm -hmm. just make sure that it's all neat, it's tidy. You're yeah. oh, another thing. I don't think you need to add your address. If it, if people, yeah, like if, um, especially if you know it's remote. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can just put um, city and state. You don't really need to put your home address. I think sometimes mm -hmm. that is also security risk too. Mm -hmm. So better safe than sorry. Just try not to include addresses. I don't think that's that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, for interviews. Um, was that helpful for, for resumes? Yeah, was that, that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for interviews, which is really cool. I um, absolutely love conducting interviews. Um, one thing that always stood out to me from folks who I interviewed was when they were able to have a conversation and be a little bit more relaxed. We're always so nervous when we're going into interviews. We always want to make the best impression. Um, we don't want to fidget too much, of course, but when people just can kind of relax a bit and be their genuine selves, it helps a lot for the interviewer to know who you, who you really are and how you will be uh, a part of their working group, right? Mm -hmm. If you are someone who's very serious and like just gets to the point, maybe considering who else is in the team, it might not be the best like team environment. And people are always looking at that. So mm -hmm. to, to help with that, um, when you go into your interviews and you have like those couple minutes where maybe you're waiting for another person to join or maybe you're you're waiting for them to formally get started with you, try to ask the interviewers, oh, you know, how was your day today? Or, um, or how like crazy weather we're having. <laughs> I know that's like, that's like really, that's, uh, that's so Edward-ish from Twilight. <laughs> I can't believe I referenced Twilight in this podcast. So embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, it's, okay. Um, it's so edward-esque to mm -hmm. talk about the weather but yeah. it's an easy way that you know to bring up conversation mm -hmm. and within those first two minutes i've noticed that when people are very proactive and they ask me questions like oh um i don't know like i don't know what they would ask they would ask something like um, oh, I saw this really great movie over the weekend and I thought that was so endearing and I learned so much about their character in those two minutes and mm -hmm. sometimes other when they would answer other questions. So that, be, be relaxed and mm -hmm. be open to conversation. Um, 
two, if you're going to have a virtual interview, which I think now during COVID times is kind of the norm. Yeah. Please be prepared with your desk setup. Make sure that there's a light in front of your face, not in mm-hmm. the back. Don't have a window behind you because then not you're going to look all like a black shadow and people won't be able to see your facial expressions as well. So have a nice clean space, um, kind of a neutral background. Sometimes there were, there were folks who um, who would be on Zoom and I would just be like staring at their background because it was so busy. And like, if it's like family photos and stuff, maybe you kind of don't want to feature that <laughs> in the interview. Um, so be wary of that. And then the last thing is um, for your interview, this is what I told my mom too, because my mom just interviewed for, for a job um, yesterday is do your research so of mm-hmm. course we all know that we want to look at what the company is doing what their mission statement is we've all heard, heard that before but it's very important to also go on google go on google news go on twitter if you want and <laughs> and search up your company and any mm-hmm. recent news that has been going on for example if you're interviewing oh okay i don't know if you saw this tiktok or or whatever or this youtube video it became kind of viral a couple weeks ago where this like CEO laid off its like half of its company um, on Zoom. It was just like mm-hmm. a random Zoom call. And they got so bad, like super bad negative press. And mm-hmm. imagine if you were interviewing for something and you see that this company is going viral for doing something kind of bad and that doesn't mm-hmm. align with your values. It's very important for you to know that. It's also important mm-hmm. for you to know if what the companies, if they're pivoting something new in the new year, if they just got a recent development, if they're, um, maybe if they're, uh, if they just announced uh, their bankruptcy, something like that. It's all mm-hmm. super important for you as a professional to know. But um, if you have any questions that stem up from your research, it goes to show that you did your research. Um, yeah. There were folks that I interviewed and they would bring up some recent news and, and I would be like, wow, you know, that, that goes to show that they at least Google searched and mm-hmm. um, and read through the articles and not just read the headlines. And so, um, or also researching your interviewees, if you know the names of them beforehand, looking them up on LinkedIn, seeing what, what um, similarities you may have. I'll always yes. remember there was an interviewee that um they was going great already and they mentioned to me like oh i know that you graduated from ucla i did too and and you minored in education and i took professor noguera and i i mm-hmm. saw that you highlighted them on your linkedin and i mm-hmm. i think that they're great too and i was so taken aback i was yeah. like honestly i was really flattered that <laughs> someone would like put in that much research mm-hmm. and um and it was like a genuinely good conversation. I didn't feel like it was ego, like ego stroking at all. If mm-hmm. anything, it's important for you to know who you're going to be talking to if you have that privilege of knowing. So yeah. please, 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 please always before your interviews do research. I think that's very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for all those like pointers uh, for our audience. Um, do you have any like last maybe like encouragements that you can give out to anyone who's uh, applying to an internship, a job, like a research program or something like that? Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll try to make this quick because I know I could give me the space and I'll like talk for hours. <laughs> but um, so I guess for anyone out there who might be really nervous about entering the workforce, might be really nervous about how they will fit in, just know that 
most 90% of employee of, of professionals don't really know what they're doing 100% of the time. Everyone is always still continuously learning. And if you think they're professionals and if you think that they've been in the comp- been in the industry for like 20, 30 years, they probably have one flaw where it's like they don't know how to send an email or they don't know how to use Microsoft Word. And guess what? You do. So there's always like gives and takes. And I know it's going to be really scary sometimes, but just know that you in and of itself, like you bring so much power, you bring so much rich richness wherever you go um, with your background and, and understanding how that plays into the professional world. It's so powerful and it's so important. And I'm, I'm so excited for the new generation of folks to come in and to, I guess, really change so many things for the better. And I, it's starting now. Um, I guess I can't really go so much into depth, but you see it now in the, in the working field where people are demanding maybe for higher wages or they're demanding for a better work-life balance. And I think that it's because people are speaking up and as a woman and as a woman of color, there are so many nuances that help that maybe um, discourage us from speaking up. But um, finding that inner strength to do so and um, relying on your networks and relying on your friends, on your resources to really back you up when times get tough. It's so important to stand your ground sometimes. And I know that everyone can do it. Literally everyone can. I was the most shyest person in my sixth grade class. <laughs> And I and I asked for I, I asked for a raise and I asked for a promotion and t- earlier today I got it and I would have never hey, saw that I that's great. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> um, I know I'm gonna celebrate literally after after all of this but um, <laughs> I would have never saw that for myself I literally would have mm-hmm. never but if if I could do it then everyone for sure can do it and mm-hmm. sometimes you just need help and that's completely fine reach out alumni are always here for you and I say that. Fully knowing that I know every other alumni would back me up on that. Um, they're mm-hmm. here and they're they're supporting you from far away. So reaching out um, is always is always gonna be welcome. Um, they're always gonna be there to even give you a hug in a professional event like I did. I hugged like a random super CEO partner lawyer. And I was like, you're an Edmana. And they were like, yes. And we hugged. And I was like, I can't believe I'm like hugging a millionaire. <laughs> um, but- <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm hugging a millionaire, but you're my hermana. That, that doesn't matter. But also, like, mm-hmm. donate, you know? No, I'm just kidding. Donate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, alumni are there for you, um, mm-hmm. and I'm here for you, so please reach out if you ever need anything. You heard it here, folks, first. <laughs> Breaking news. All. Yeah. But thank you all for tuning into this episode um, with our alumni, Carla Aparicio. Uh, we talked about being first gen in the workplace, the power of HAU in the workplace, and lastly, the do's or don'ts with resumes and interviews. Uh, just a reminder for everyone to follow the podcast, Platicas with Your Hermana, on uh, all the available platforms and our Instagram at UCLA underscore HAU to get notified when we post a new episode and let us know if there's any specific topics you want us to talk about. So the way that I end these podcast episodes is by asking our guest for either like a song recommendation, a Netflix show, a podcast, a piece of advice, honestly, a movie you've watched that you really enjoyed that you want to recommend, a meme, a TikTok, honestly, anything. So, Carla, I'll give you, like, a minute to think about it, or if you just have it already on the top of your head, you can go ahead and share. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
Well, I give me like any sort of space to, to share my TikToks and I'll share them. <laughs> Not my own that I create because I don't create them, but like that yeah. I see. But I want to be more professional about that. <laughs> and I'll probably like <laughs> recommend the show since we're talking about professional stuff. Um, <laughs> so a good movie show that I recently saw is um, West Side Story. I think if mm-hmm. you are a fan of musicals, if you're a fan of songs, if you're a fan of mm-hmm. Latinos, which I hope you are, um, and if you're <laughs> a fan of like understanding um, different, different, I don't know, like racial context, West Side Story mm-hmm. is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a chance and I saw it, even though I kind of don't like one of its main actors. Um, mm-hmm. But, but it was amazing and there's so many like outstanding performances that are coming out um that are new and that are like oscar worthy and everything i i love 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 oscars like the academy awards mm-hmm. love it so if you have a chance to one day i think it's not now not in theaters now not in theaters mm-hmm. um but support it i think it's amazing and i think it'll put you oh also tick tick boom watch tick tick boom please like and admire the performance is there. My girl Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, actually, you know what? No, she's problematic. Never mind. She's not my girl anymore. <laughs> like, just kidding. <laughs> Backtrack. But I love Tick Tick Boom. I think it's mm. I'm a fan for, of music of musicals. So if you want to explore a new genre, explore musicals, starting with Tick Tick Boom and West Side Story. Yeah, I recently saw something about West Side Story. West Side Story, like an article comparing the the one that came out in the 1960s i believe and then mm-hmm. that came out recently and there's like so many differences especially like racially and stuff like that so um like i mentioned like i kind of want to look into it now because it seems pretty cool um so thank you carla for giving us that those recommendation for those um movies and yeah so that's concludes the end of the podcast thank you so much for joining us so and and giving all this advice and thoughts and feelings and emotions for all our GB members and alumni that are maybe listening um, to get to know you better and how to be a better professional in the workplace. No so problems. thank you so I much. I love y'all. This was great. <laughs> this was great. I love y'all so it was. much. So. <laughs> okay, well, bye. I'm going to say bye to our audience, Carla. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>